0: I'm Bo Maddox, with Robert Ortegon and Joseph Cantu. This is Collateral Cinema. What makes you think you can bullshit your way into my head? Like every other pencil in that piece of shit! Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We're coming to you straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so smoke them if you got them, my friends, smoke them if you got them. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the inaugural episode of Collateral Cinema, episode 01, Featuring the 2012 CGI disaster piece, Food Fight, directed by Lawrence Kasanoff, who apparently had the rights to some of the Mortal Kombat franchise for a while. He he produced both of those movies, as well as a bunch of other uh, related media. Like that one animated Mortal Kombat movie, I think. But yeah, this movie is... Something to behold. It's kind of the bane of internet movie critics and reviewers everywhere, you know? I mean, it's something that just kind of comes once every generation. Like, last generation, it was The Room. And the generation before that, it was Rocky Horror Picture Show. Now, this generation, it just so happens to be a CGI animated movie. And a very shittily animated movie, I might add. I mean, I, I have this movie on in the background right now. I'm looking right at it. I have the sound muted. But let me tell you, this is just something that, I mean, it defies explanation or description or anything that resembles a reason behind it. You know what I mean? I'm looking at this I'm I'm right here at the beginning of the movie and it's just it looks like there was no real effort put into it or whatever effort there was it was half-assed the rest of the way which if you know anything about the production history of this movie is pretty much what happened because at one point they had 60% of the movie actually made they spent up to that point, about forty something million dollars, I think. They eventually re- spent about sixty-four million dollars, American dollars, on this film, and it was there are hard drives that had the uh, files on them. The actual movie was stolen from their studio somehow. I mean, I, I don't know how that would really happen. They, they called it an act of uh, corporate espionage. I think that was the uh, euphemism they used for that. But whatever happened, they lost most of the work they did. They already had a bunch of different uh, ad- advertising icons in the movie. And... The production just stalled from there, and it about 10 years later, and after several of the original licensees, uh, they dipped out on it. Uh, at, I mean, understandably, but but another company eventually, I forget what their name was, they eventually took this uh, movie and they Enacted this. uh, I think the shareholders enacted this clause in the, uh, in some type of contract clause, which enabled them to make the movie and finish it very cheaply, and that was how we got to this. We got to Food Fight. Amazing, right, kids? But yeah, this movie also has an all-star cast that is kind of inexplicable. I mean the the lead character Dex is played by Charlie Sheen of all people and then this was originally th- they casted him when he was originally at the height of his uh, overall popularity. I mean he was doing Two and a Half Men. I mean I think that maybe he did a couple of movies around this time. I don't remember what they were. But yeah he... Put in a performance in here that it's kind of phoned in i mean you could really tell i mean you compare it to perhaps uh hot shots you know i mean compared to that this right here is just bland it's bl- very uh you know if you catch my drift but otherwise I mean, it's also kind of inexplicable that they made him the lead in something like a child's comedy movie, you know? I mean, and a CGI animated one of that, because personally, I don't think that he's much of a voice actor. And honestly, it really, really shows here, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it's just not a great performance. And you had also had another person at the higher their popularity at the time was Hilary Duff. She was, I mean, I think she was Lizzie McGuire, I believe. I might be I might be wrong on that. But she plays Sunshine Goodness, the girlfriend who has one of the creepiest fucking stares in in a movie full of creepy stares. I mean, it's something to behold. And I'm I'm looking at her right now and They tried to play her off as kind of cutesy. She's like a cat girl or something like that, but very humanoid, you know? And it just smacks of fetish feel. Her and the character Lady X, played by Eva Longoria, who at the time was coming off of Desperate Housewives. And this was... Her performance is so bad sexually charged like in a very unnecessary manner and it just adds a dimension to this movie that just it it just it's just very incongruous with what the movie is obviously trying to go for you know i mean it was it's trying to very much be like toy story but with advertising icons in a supermarket you know i mean They had uh, advertising icons such as Mr. Clean, Mr. Bubbles is in it, Twinkie the Kid, Uh, the California Raisins are in there at one point, Uh, the Hawaiian Punch Guy, and, and they were slated to have a bunch of other icons in there, like the M&M's guys, the uh, Coca-Cola polar bears characters uh, kind of that ilk. But, I mean, those were some of the licensees that dipped out after it went th- through the production hell that it went through. And it, it leads to a bunch of these characters that are obviously stand-ins for them, but they're also kind of like fuck yous against the companies that pulled their licenses, you know? Like, the Chiquita banana lady is this horrible Latin woman stereotype. Like, very horribly played. I mean, there's a lot of stereotypes in this movie. I mean, there's also a moose that's a very offensive Italian stereotype. And uh, uh, Dex Detective's friend Dan, the uh, stunt pilot uh, chipmunk squirrel thing, I think. I almost want to say he's a cat as well, but he's very nondescript like that. But... He's kind of played like a very offensive black stereotype in many ways. And yeah, that, that's Wayne Brady's character. Wayne Brady of all people. I mean, his performance is very sexually charged as well. He makes a bunch of catcalls that are just totally inappropriate. And I mean, I don't want to sound prudish or anything, but for a kid's movie, I mean, this is just a little much. I mean, it's like nostalgia critics said, you know, fetish movies. You know that that whole thing, it it totally is, and the characters totally purvey that. It's so inexplicable. I mean, I understand that there's other animated films like this that add a little bit of adult <laughs> references and humor to kind of placate the adults in the room, but this goes very far beyond that. It's it's almost like it wasn't specifically made for kids. It was made for adults. But it still tries to play it off like a kids movie. I mean, don't get me on how that works, ladies and gentlemen, but here at Collateral Cinema we intend to try to get to the bottom of all of this. I mean like I said before, I'm currently watching it with the sound muted, and it's not e- e- so much distracting, it's just awe-inspiring in a way. Like I just have to like pause for a second to just watch this, just for a second, even with the sound off, just, yeah, just for a second. Well, that was more than a second, obviously, but I'm at the Mr. Clipboard scene, who is a character that is the centerpiece of this entire movie, as far as I'm concerned. He He's played by Christopher Lloyd, Doc himself. And oh my God, this character is so memorable. I mean, he walks in this really jerky and inhuman manner. He's he he almost he's almost dressed like this weird Rick from Rick and Morty kind of character, but even more twisted and demented than that. And Christopher Lloyd just he just chews scenery in this movie like it's nothing. I mean, his performance is the best in the movie, arguably arguably next to Eva Longoria's even you know I mean as creepy as her performance was it's it was still pretty decent I mean there was phoned in in some elements but other than that it really wasn't that bad but there's but there's other characters throughout this movie that will we will discuss later on in the uh, discussion part of our podcast. I mean, stay tuned for that, obviously. But this is really a movie that became kind of popular, so to speak, like popular in quotes amongst the uh, YouTube podcasting scene. I mean, everyone from Nostalgia Critic to John Tron to Animat to uh lupa Cinemas knob and Felis they all did some pretty memorable episodes on this uh, alleged movie <laughs> and, and let me put the emphasis on alleged structurally speaking this film just doesn't pass muster in any way I mean I, I get the the film references that are in here I mean it's 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 pretty much just casablanca just mixed in with toy story but with advertising icons it it, that's literally it it's that cut and dry and i mean it's just the characters that go all over the place i mean there are some film references here but mainly it's just the casablanca like i'm looking at uh, dex's office he has a parody of a 12 Angry Men movie poster. I, I can't really I think it's 12 Hungry Men or some such nonsense but it definitely it definitely kind of tries to show some reverence to cinema of the past but it also just kind of slaps all of it in the face and also slaps modern animation in the face at the same time. I mean it's, it's a pretty amazing feat when you really look at it. And then that's not to mention, of course, you know, the animation. I mean, it's some of the worst CGI I ever made. And, and of course, the script is all over the place. It's just awful. Still, it's, it's something that I still find very entertaining. I, I, don't, I don't find it so incredibly offensive that I don't want to watch it. Let's put it that way. I mean, I actually kind of get off on this sort of thing. I mean, I like bad movies, and there's a reason why we have, you know, the bad movies part in our tagline there is because I do want to kind of explore films like this and just see, just try to figure out the what and the why behind it and some of the who behind it as well. I mean, and this movie is almost like a labyrinth. I mean, that's what it is. It's a labyrinthine in so many levels. And oh my God, the shit weasel. Yeah, there, there's a shit weasel, ladies and gentlemen. And it's voiced by the director, Lawrence Kasanoff. like, so, yeah, thanks for that, buddy. Thanks for that. I mean, seriously, man, we, we totally just needed a glistening, walking shit pile of a character. That's just what we needed, apparently. But I digress. Anyway, here in a little bit, we are about to go into a movie synopsis for this supposed plot or something or another. I mean, I guess if you want to call it a plot, I mean, that's kind of charitable. I mean, like I said, alleged in quotes movie or let's put the movie in quotes cuz yeah this just doesn't it just doesn't fit into cinema in any way but it's still kind of fun to watch because it's for one it's just so quotable that's the one thing that it has going for it is that it is quotable and that's what makes it memorable that and just the bad animation and the character design and development and everything but in the end, I mean, you take Casablanca, it's just a pretty straightforward story. I mean, you can say they took it and made it into that. I mean, that's something, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it it it's something that seems like it could have worked on paper, but it just doesn't. But anyway, let's go ahead and get on with the show. Here is a movie synopsis via Wikipedia for Lawrence Kasanoff's Food Fight. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, there are spoilers ahead. Food Fight takes place in the Marketropolis supermarket. After closing time, the supermarket transforms into a city in which all the citizens are Ikes, personified well-known marketing icons. In the Ikes world, heroic serial mascot Dex Dogtective is about to propose to his girlfriend, Sunshine Goodness, a raisin mascot, but she goes missing just before he is able to do so. Six months later, in the real world, a Brand X representative called Mr. Clipboard arrives at Marketropolis and aggressively pushes Brand X's range of generic products. In the world of Ike's, the arrival of Lady X, the seductive Brand X detergent Ike, causes a commotion at Dex's club, the Copa Banana. Brand X products begin to replace previous products, which is mirrored in the Ike's world with the deaths of several Ikes. After Dex's friend Daredevil Dan, a chocolate squirrel, disappears, Dex begins to investigate. After rebuffing Lady X's attempts to bring him to Brand X's side, Dex is locked in a dryer with Dan to be melted, but the two manage to escape. Dan and Dex find out that Brand X contains an addictive and toxic secret ingredient. Dex and Dan attempt to initiate a product recall with the store owner's computer. A Brand X Ike cuts power just as they send the message. Dex then rallies the citizens of Marketropolis to fight the armies of Brand X in a massive food fight. The citizens win the battle through cunning use of the supermarket's electricity and lightning rods to protect their own buildings. Dex rescues Sunshine, who had been held hostage at the Brand X Tower and escapes with the help of Dan. Mr. Clipboard then enters the Ike's world, and it is discovered that he is a robot controlled by Lady X. Lady X reveals that she had previously been the hideous Ike of an unsuccessful brand of prunes, and had been stealing Sunshine's essence to create a new brand. Dex and Sunshine defeat her, reverting her to her original form. With Brandex defeated and a cure found that revives the killed Ikes, Dex and Sunshine finally marry. He's dynamic. Oh boy! He's dramatic. <laughs> He's the big dog. Dex dog Detective is back in the house. That always runs to the rescue. I still got it. Charlie Sheen is Dex. When in doubt, just do the right thing. With Hilary Duff. Listen, tough guy. Doesn't mean that I couldn't kick your butt. Eva Longoria. I've got a hot case for you. Wayne Brady. I'm your best friend, Daredevil Dan. And Christopher Lloyd. Somebody order I we call. The Super Slick. Got milk? Do I look like the Dairy Queen to you? Super Sloop. I love you! Clean up on aisle one. Is about to tackle. Yo, Dicks They're building an entire army. His biggest case ever. Let's get him! I do have an idea. It's our world. Food! I love His this guy. Food! It's a battle between the world's most beloved brands and the forces of darkness. Attack! We are world. Oh, Watch the day. Oh. Sorry, Charlie. He's dead. It's our world. It's our world. It's about life. It's checkout time. Great idea! Food fight. This makes 500 cases you've solved. What's your secret? The secret's inside. All right, everybody, we are back. We are here with Robert Ortegon and Joseph Cantu should be on his way shortly. And a few days ago, we saw the movie Food Fight. Yes, that food fight the c g i animated two thousand and twelve disaster piece and let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen i mean this was a real shit fest i mean i I, I can't really drive that home like any more than I can right now i mean seriously i mean robert what 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 was your thoughts on the uh on the movie okay so uh I've never seen it for the. I'm only seen it for the first time. Yeah. So, you know, I guess it was alright. I mean, I love seeing movies for the first time, really. Yeah, yeah. It's always a good experience. Best way to you know? see them. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I wasn't expecting that, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Needless to say, I mean, the the animation itself. I mean, it's it was so, so lifeless for something that was always moving, right? Yeah. I mean, very lifeless. The backgrounds were really, really bland. I mean, our our friend Frankie really liked it for some reason. I I don't know, but... I mean, it was something that really does not reflect the money that was spent on it. Right, Robert? Yeah, you're right. Definitely not. I mean, they spent $64 million on this movie. And it, it took them almost 10 years to finish it. And they once they released it in 2012 i mean they were originally going for a christmas 2003 release and they were they were just they just really dropped the ball on so many levels here i mean what do you think First of all, I'm thinking, where did that money go to at the beginning? I don't know. Something tells me that it could have been some type of money laundering scheme, for all I know. I mean, it did have a pretty prominent uh, producer at the helm of it, Lawrence Kasanoff. I mean, he had the movie rights to the Mortal Kombat franchise for many years, and he actually produced those movies. But, I mean, it was very obvious that he was a little in over his head when uh, he undertook this movie, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Now, I mean, what did you think of the uh, of the directing of the movie? What of the direction of the movie? Um, I really have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just kind of brings up a blank, right? When he was directing this movie, Lawrence Kasanoff had this uh, really laissez-faire kind of approach to everything, you know, like. He kept on telling the animators that he wanted things to be 30% better or more awesome or something vague or nonsensical like that. I mean, it's obvious that he had no experience uh, and no business making a CGI animated movie. I mean, this was just a misfire on so many levels. The whole thing just looked like a PlayStation 2 game, you know? Yeah, a PlayStation 2 game. Yeah, Absolutely. and and not even a good PlayStation Two. Yeah, for that time, game at all. Yeah, for that time, 2003 yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even for 2003, I mean, there were some top releases at that time. I mean, I mean, wasn't wasn't Metal Gear Solid Two already out by that point? I mean, there there were some solid games on that platform, and for to make a movie that's released ten years later that doesn't look any better than that, I mean. That's such a slap in the face to animation fans like all over the place. Really? I mean, are you a fan of animation, Robert? Um, yeah, I am of some of them. Especially like the animated Batman series. Oh, yeah, the animated Batman series was great. Yeah, talk about a great series, man. Kind of wish we could have watched that instead of this. <laughs> But, you know, I I had to subject everybody to this because it does hold a special place of infamy among uh, YouTube and Internet movie circles, especially amongst uh, YouTube movie reviewers, you know, like Nostalgia Critic, uh, Cinema Stop, Feliz, and Obscurus Lupa. They did an episode on this, so did Anna, Matt, and JonTron. I mean, I'm sure you haven't really heard of most of those people, but they're very, very well known in uh, YouTube movie review in the mo- YouTube movie review world. But, I mean, you can kind of see why it has that reputation. I mean, it, it kind of precedes it a little bit. There were many, many, many different characters also that were just unpacked very, very quickly, even from the first few minutes that we go into the uh, Marketropolis uh, world. Uh, like, the first character of course is dex dogtective that he's the main character he's played by charlie sheen and he looks like this strange mix between indiana jones and the gruff the crime dog and but his performance is i don't really know where it was going right i mean where do you think that he was coming from with that uh dude I'm thinking Harrison Ford when I see that guy. Harrison remember. Ford, he kind of had a Harrison Ford feel to him, but he he was really playing uh, Humphrey Bogart's part in Casablanca. I mean, this movie is straight up just Casablanca with a few rewrites oh, here Bogart, and there. The man Humphrey Bogart was awesome, man. man. He Especially was the man. James Cagney, and Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. The guys are the man. They they were they were amazing actors, dude. And Charlie Sheen, I mean. He was at the height of his popularity when this movie, when he when he initially uh, was hired to do this movie. I mean, he, he was uh, still doing Two and a Half Men. He had yet to have that whole controversy go down. And you know, I mean, on paper it seems like he would have been a good fit for this role. But I don't know what went wrong here. Like, what what do you think went wrong with it? You know what. I've only seen it one time, and I was just like, "What was, what's the whole point of this movie?" Almost. Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no point to the movie or the characters, you know. Like, I mean, it was ve- I mean Dex was very pointless as a lead character. I mean, it, he even like gave up after not even a month of trying to look for his girlfriend. I mean, it's oh. like how how useless can you be? And then, then you divert your attention to opening a club. It's like. What the hell? That that's like not even six months. Like <laughs> not even morning or anything. And he and he's supposed to be this great uh, dog detective. Yeah, I, I I don't get that either. That's a bad pun. It's like dog detective. Listen up, fat cat burglar. I'm giving you one last chance to hand him over before I cash in your coupons for you. It is you, the great Dex Dog Detective, who's about to take. On- or should i say be pushed i have a reason for every time i've heard that one hey hairless hamsters want some of this <laughs> It's just you and me, fat cat. Now fork over the little guys and no one gets hurt. I'm sending you to the cooler burglar. I'm gonna kill you! No! No! Stop! You wouldn't! I just want to be loved. Is that so cool? Yeah. And his... His girlfriend's name is Sunshine Goodness. She was, and she was played by Hilary Duff, who was all of 15 years old at the time. And let me tell you, a lot of her dialogue, especially with uh, Dex Dog Detective, Dectiv- played by Charlie Sheen, it's very, very creepy. Like, I mean, didn't it just kind of make you want to take a shower afterwards? Like, it's like weird because her character was like a human half cat. Yeah, half-cat-human. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even an actual cat. You know, she was like a cat girl. She was like like a a furry character, essentially. Like, I mean, I don't know if you're uh, familiar with the furries and their whole culture and everything, but, you know, they have a lot of anthropomorphized characters in that community, and it kind of feels like that's what they were trying to kind of appeal towards, you know? I mean, it's easy to do that. I mean, there's a lot of... uh, I mean, there's a lot of properties that are actually like actual video games and movies that uh, do kind of, you know, they cross over into that uh, community, but not as blatantly as this one does. You know, it's not nearly as blatant. And then, and then there's just the way that she was animated. Yeah. Like I mean, you saw how her eyes were just completely vacant. Blank, like not even looking at anyone or anything, not even looking at the characters. Yeah, like, like I mean, I swear, I swear to God, these two characters, Dex and Sunshine, they would just straight up like interact for a good minute and a half or two minutes, and I swear they never actually look at each other, like not not even yeah, once the whole time. Exactly. Not not yeah. even once the whole time. I mean, it, it's just this weird, uncanny valley thing that kind of just permeates the entire film. And that's especially true with uh, Daredevil Dan, the squirrel chick thing that's supposedly made of chocolate, chocolate and is uh, Dex's uh, best friend. I mean, and he's played by Wayne Brady, and you can definitely see the token black stereotype just bleeding off of this character literally. I mean, it's, it's pretty blatant and kind of maybe mildly offensive, kind of? To Towards uh, towards yeah, black people? Yeah, towards, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's very insensitive. I mean, and it does kind of have that whole, you know, old school, you like, know, Bojangles type of feel to it. You know, it's kind of, ugh, you know? <laughs> like comedian stand-up or something? Yeah, like Al Jolson or something weird like that. Richard Pryor, but, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they had their own little, you know, bailiwick when it came to that sort of humor, but here it's just very forced, very out of place, and it's just very misinformed, you know? And, of course, there's the whole thing where, you know, he's supposed to be a pilot, but he's crashing every five minutes here. I mean, this character should not be flying anything. I mean, honestly, they gave him a license. I can't believe it. They they gave him a license. Like I I assume that there's a bureaucracy in this world that they can give licenses to for piloting and driving and whatnot. I mean, as far as I know that there were uh, there were vehicles, other vehicles in this world, as far as I can remember. But even then, I'm not entirely sure. Like like there was a uh, there was a hot air balloon, there was a uh, what else? There was a Wonder Bread truck at one point. But yeah, I mean that's that's what was weird about all of that. But yeah, the main villain or villainess, I should say, of this movie is Lady X, and she's played by Eva Longoria, who was then Eva Longoria Parker. She was married to Tony Parker back in the day. You know, go Spurs, go! Go Spurs! Go Spurs! Ginobili, better hit them three. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, she plays. Very much a femme fatale character, kind of in the classic sense of the, of the term, you know. Yeah, when I saw her character, I was, I was thinking like Beast Wars or something. Beast Wars, ex- exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she had this very weird kind of reboot-like feel to her, but like done very, very, very badly. I mean, believe me, folks, this is nowhere near reboot when it comes to quality. And that especially goes for the characterization and the development there. And this character, she she just... She was so ill-developed, you know? She wasn't developed uh, correctly, I think, you know? I mean, yeah, I mean, you kind of get the... Uh, You kind of get the whole feel that she's the main villain, that she's going to be the big bad here, but Mm. even so, it just doesn't feel like it's coming from any place that's sincere or truly, you know, wicked or anything like that. It's like she's just doing it out of petty jealousy and nothing more, and sometimes that can be a motivating factor, but here it just doesn't make sense at all. No, don't. It's like, okay, so, I mean, apparently she was, you know, spoiler alert, she was uh, this prune mascot who was a little ugly, needless to say, and she got plastic surgery to become a uh, vixen. And I I understand that you know she was jealous of sunshine goodness and all of that, but honestly it still doesn't feel like a good motivating uh, factor to for her to go through all of this, especially to through the level of pretty much putting together her own Nazi army to do this. Oh right. yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. There are Nazis in this movie, ladies and gentlemen. And this came out in 2012. You know, kind of, kind of an interesting predictor of current events. Needless to say, <laughs> like, who do you think would be the Donald Trump character in this? The crip. Um... Probably uh, Mr. Clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Mister, Yeah, I mean, I, I almost uh, expect Trump to just start kind of walking like that, you know, and talking like that out of nowhere. Jesus. Yeah, but enough politics. Um, there's also Lieutenant X, who is, he's uh, the sidekick for Lady X, and he's played by Tim Curry. Tim yeah, Curry. Pennywise himself. And honestly, he gives a good performance here, to tell the truth. I mean what what do you think? Um you know what? I, I honestly need to watch the movie again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you you remember which character Tim Curry was? He, he was the green face character, Tim but Cr- Oh yeah, he looked like the Illuminati like a Yeah, movie. he looked like a uh like a lieutenant for Illuminati yeah, Nazi yeah. regime army. Yeah, Britain. yeah. He totally fit that character, but he was also this very creepy Fetishy kind of character. Like, he he felt like he was strictly a conduit for Lawrence Kasanoff's fetishes and nothing more. Like, him and Lady X and Sunshine Goodness. Hold it right there, or Blonde gets it. Watch out! On your knees, dog. I always knew you were damaged goods. I'm not the one who's gonna be puppy whipped. You cold farted itch. Like Christopher Lloyd too. Christopher <laughs> Lloyd, yeah, to a degree, but I mean, I mean, Christopher Lloyd. That that's another character, Mister Clipboard, mm-hmm. who I think is like the centerpiece of this movie. He is absolutely the centerpiece in every which way. Just his from his very first appearance on screen. I mean, he's the most captivating part of it and even then it's still a huge it's still very shitty animation, but it's memorable. You can at least say it's memorable, you know? Like you remember how he was just like, "Oh, ho, 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 I'll make space." <laughs> like oh, yeah. I mean, we we both work in a grocery store, ladies and gentlemen. So that had had an extra little bit of humor for us, That's you cool. know. Exactly. I mean, it's not entirely accurate about how it is to work at a grocery store. We don't have just one person for one entire market there, and we don't we don't mourn product whenever it's smashed or anything. We just just like, oh, son of a bitch, let's clean it up, you know. But I mean, I don't think that accuracy was ever a was ever a point of this movie you know pretty much just like random yeah everything just thrown together yeah very random and then and and that uh, brings us to the advertising icons which was very much the reason for this movie's existence they were basically tried to make like a like a toy story type movie but with uh supermarket icons oh, and like advertising icons in a uh in a supermarket right in the opening scene right? yeah right in the opening scene i mean you had characters, the characters that made it into this movie, because originally they had a bunch of different licenses for different characters, but due to the production hell that it went through and the fact that it so much money was sunk into it, eventually, I mean, a lot of them kind of jumped ship. I mean, the ones that made it into the movie was, like, Mr. Clean, who's in, who actually becomes the centerpiece of a few scenes that are... Still very much throwaway scenes, like, mm. like you know, that whole bald joke whenever they're out there looking at all the dead icons, <laughs> you know, that the mayor says, like, I'm, I'm going to lose my hair, and then Mr. Clean just grabs his head and looks in shame. It's like, not that bald isn't beautiful. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, man. It's like, did, did y'all put him in there just for that? Like, was that it? It's like, come on now. I mean, and also Mr. Bubbles is in this in this goddamn movie all of a sudden. Like, I mean, what? What the hell? Why? Why, Mr. Bubbles? No idea. I mean, I, I understand that he's a well-known um, advertising icon for a, a well-loved product, but I wouldn't call him exactly relevant, right? Yeah. He's not the most not the most relevant character. I don't even think we sell Mr. Bubbles in our store. Oh, we don't. Most of fabulous fabulous whatever. Yeah, yeah, we well, well I think it was a bubble bath. That's what it was. So it would be in the health section. Bubble. bath? Yeah. It's like a bubble bath. Yeah. But also Miss, Mrs Butter, Mrs Buttersworth was in this as well. Like the uh, syrup lady. You know, it's like, I mean, I think for obvious reasons, they probably didn't go with Aunt Jemima. We I mean, that, dude, we put all that stuff on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, we, we stocked Mrs. Buttersworth. Mrs. Buttersworth, excuse me. And, I mean, I guess it's an okay product. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really eat pancakes that much. so Or waffles. More of a French toast guy myself. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, Charlie Tuna was in this for, from uh, Starkist. He was actually part of, but of a joke in one scene, I think it was uh, Lady X stepping on his fin, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, sorry Charlie, and it's like, oh, just facepalm right there, it's like, oh god damn it, what the hell, <laughs> I mean, I'm not even, I've never even been that much of a fan of canned tuna in any way. So I've I've never liked it. It's always been very metallic tasting and ugh. It tastes like a can. Yeah, it tastes like a can, exactly. It tastes like meaty chunks of can. And but it's kind of funny that they got him in this movie, you know. I mean, I guess he's I guess he's recognizable enough, you know. Yeah. Everybody knows who he is. Right? Yeah. And and then they have the Vlasic Stork because of course you know I mean because who doesn't love pickle mascots right yeah I mean I I eat pickles from time to time I just don't necessarily eat Vlasic you know Vlasic yeah you know with the stork and everything yeah I know what you're talking about Yeah. yeah 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 and Twinkie the Kid is briefly in this movie the goddamn mascot for Twinkies very briefly and and also the California raisins make a uh, appearance here, which was actually kind of cool because you know they still they were still seeing or heard It through the grapevine. You know, I mean, it was a good little throwback to an '80s uh, property. You know, a good little reference there. But other than that, not not a particularly well animated. Well, well nothing in this movie was well animated, but yeah. the California raisins, especially. You know, it's like man, they should have just stuck with the. Stop-motion animation, and The claymation. Right? I, I like Gumby better, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't this whole movie have been better as a claymation movie? Yeah. It could have actually worked as a good little claymation... Should have gave shit. the project to Tim Burton or something. Yeah, yeah right, right? Or yeah. the guys behind Corpse Bride or whatever? Yeah. Like, he made that movie, right? Corpse Bride Caroline. Coraline? Coraline, yeah. That's uh, Studio... I forget what the name of that studio like, uh, is. James and the Giant Peach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's good stuff as well. It really is. And the Hawaiian Punch guy, who is in all of one scene. He's so pointless. <laughs> just for a brief second, Rick. It's like, seriously, I, uh, the whole point is to make this toy story with advertising icons, but th- they don't matter. They just don't matter at all here. They're not they don't even make up the main cast. and there were a lot of icons here that were originally slated to be in this movie, but they just they they uh, pulled their licenses out, you know, because of the long production schedule like I mentioned before. and they were originally gonna have the Eminem's uh, characters, you know like Billy West's character in that, which, would have been great if they would have got billy west on this i mean they're all they already have a lot of veteran voice actors here yeah. you know ed asner was on there uh who else i think uh, man i can't really think of anybody else but there were some other uh well-known voice actors in this movie and the, but that would have been cool to have billy west i mean he was he was fry from futurama he was oh man yeah, yeah he was uh ren and stimpy i think him I think he was just Stimpy though he mm. may have just been Stimpy but yeah that would have been great and I mean, they also were supposed to have the Chiquita Banana Girl yeah you know but and she she was replaced by a very obvious XB who was this kind of more overweight the Latina lady with, a, with the uh, fruit basket on her head yeah. and everything and yeah she was not a very flattering portrayal of Latin American people either needless to say i wouldn't call that fucking uh i I wouldn't call that very sensitive and little debbie was supposed to be in this but i think that you know there's that scene where uh, daredevil dan was uh trying to hit on that one lady one lady icon that was supposed to be little debbie but i mean i guess that they just kind of objected to that you know they just kind of objected to that. Also, the Coca-Cola polar bears were supposed to be in that, in this movie. That would have been interesting. I, I still don't know what the hell they would have done. Yeah. You know? Coca-Cola bears. I mean, what? like I said, none of these icons matter. The entire premise of the movie doesn't even matter. Like uh, the Pillsbury boy. That would be cool if that was in The there. Pillsbury Doughboy, I'm not surprised if they would have had that. I mean, that's classic icon. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, I know they were going to have... Uh, Ernie, uh, Ernie the Elf from uh, the Kieber Elves, you know, he was. they were going to have uh, them as well. There's a scene with uh, some expies of the uh, Kieber Elves, but they, uh, of course, they uh, dropped their license. And the brawny guy, the guy from the brawny paper towels uh, logos, he was supposed to be in this, but, you know, they pulled out and... Of course, there's another scene where he he supposedly fights this Viking character. I, I, I don't know what that's supposed to be, but I mean, it's just some stupid little throwaway joke, you know. Well, once again, they don't matter. None of this matters. and all the supermarkets and all the world. She had to walk into mine. Hey, what's going on? Ladies and gentlemen, Joseph Cantu has just entered the studio. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome, man. Hey, what's going on, up? Right yeah, we are talking about Food Fight. We're talking about all the different characters that were in this movie. We, we were talking about uh, Vlad Chakul, the the bat. Oh yeah. Yeah, what, what, did you, uh, what did you think of that character, man? Like, he was trying to hit on... Oh, the yeah, it seemed like he was a, a little fairy out there. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was a little bit, I guess you could say. I mean, he was He's a bit, definitely into chocolate. Oh, way into <laughs> chocolate. Like, creepily into chocolate. Hmm. And then there was also just the Brand X Army in and of itself. You know, like, they were straight Nazis. Oh, you yeah, know? you can tell. They were yeah. resembling something. <laughs> they were resembling something—the yeah. Nazi march or uh, Russian. If you want to call Russian that a march, German. I mean, yeah. whenever the uh, whenever the soldiers were marching, they would do this weird little hand gesture, like make an X or something like, like that. Chinese kind of. Yeah, it, it was very much like a North Korean march, just dumber, you know, <laughs> just way, way, way. So Hip hop, crisscross. Yeah, pop, lock, and drop. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was the. You know, we had the potato chip pirate guy. That that's just what I have him listed as Eat I mean chips. <laughs> like he had a speaking part in this for a little bit, and he actually tried to challenge Lady X, but once again he was so pointless. I mean we just we just said earlier that, you know, none of this matters. Nothing in this movie <laughs> of matters. Of course not. You can yeah. tell by the profits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Oh but of course like Probably one of the better characters, who is actually still the slimest character, was Cheezle T. Weasel, the shit weasel. Oh uh-huh.
1: well, yeah, like, if you are
0: the director and producer, I'd make me the best character, too. <laughs> and that's not saying much, because this character is so slimy and just so... <laughs> like a wet turd. Yeah, literally. He's like a walking turd. He's like a walking piece of shit, right? Fucking <laughs> weasel. Yeah. Fucking shit weasel. And it was voiced by Lawrence Kasanoff, the director and producer of this so-called alleged movie. You know, yeah, alleged in quotation marks. So he's the one. He took, he's, the money. he took all the money. He took all the money. He's the guilty party. That's right, Lawrence Casson off. Bahamas. Bahamas. <laughs> Come on, Eva Longoria. <laughs> Come on, Eva Longoria. <laughs> Come on, you tits. You got it. God, yeah, but uh, that. That character was supposedly a reference to Peter Lorre's character in some movie. Like, I'm not really sure what it was. I don't think I've seen that movie, but it, that's supposed to be some kind of movie reference. I don't know. If anybody wants to comment or tell us what that movie is, I mean, feel free to do so in the comment section. So what what do y'all think was the best character in this film, and what Dude, was uh, the worst character? I like the, the freaking evil villain. The evil villain, the Crazy yeah. Walk, Tourette's Walk. Oh, you mean Mr. Clipboard? <laughs> uh-huh. That 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 was played by Christopher Lloyd, and yeah, that's a memorable fucking character, like the most memorable character out of the whole series, you know. May I help you? You must be Leonard, the manager. I'm your new Brand X representative. I wasn't expecting any new products. A corporate picture store to test the new Brand X detergent with Alexa. Brand X, huh? Never heard of it. Give us one week. Your customers won't know how they lived with a bread hat. Well, everything is so nice the way it is, we don't have space. Oh, I'll make space. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yes, we have a little Chi-Chi Wawa dog barking in the background. you really the dog. <laughs> yeah, that dog is... Uh, she. She's... Nothing kind. gets past her. No, nothing gets past her at all. Just like a woman. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now, throughout this entire movie, a lot of the dialogue was very... Very sexual in its nature. Lots of innuendo. All the mm, right? references. All the references. Like for instance, the whole relationship between Dex Dog Detective and Sunshine yeah. Goodness. Very seductive. Very seductive, and you have to remember this was a 15-year-old girl that was voicing mm-hmm. this character, and her stuff gets very uncomfortably flirty. Like uncomfortably so. Well, the character was looked a little older. Yeah, yeah, but even so, I mean, I just can't imagine being in the vocal booth mm-hmm. while or in the control room recording that. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. that had to. The parents have, been. have to say something about it. You, you would think so, but you know, I mean, that's a whole issue in its own right. You know, Mm-hmm. I mean, you say, just it, time to check over to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's an issue in Hollywood that. Uh, could be its own episode in its own right but i mean the sexual innuendo was just so like slimy and all it was out there it was all over the Many place times. right robert yeah it really was Jeez. yeah yeah like and also i mean lady X. kind of, I mean, feel, kind of feel uncomfortable the whole time a little bit <laughs> yeah it's very uncomfortable and this was supposed to be in a children's movie I definitely wouldn't let my daughter, daughter like, see I'll it. Like, give my money back. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's this movie yeah, that's, sh- this movie's mm-hmm. shit. It's like this movie's shit, and it's inappropriate for my kids. And I paid eight fifty to see this in the theaters. Like, what <laughs> the fuck? No, I actually paid nine ninety nine for this. Nine <laughs> man ninety nine in American dollars for this goddamn movie. Worst thing you ever spent your money on, probably. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure that there's some other things that qualify there. That'll be another session. That will be another session, man. But yeah, there was, there was like that scene where Lady X interrupts uh, Dex Dog Detective, and they do their first little dance Jingle. and everything. Uh-huh. Like when he spills the milk, and everything. <laughs> yeah. And if you notice, like there's a record scratch there, but she's not holding a record, she's holding a CD player. How do you do a record scratch on a CD player? <laughs> just, you know, one of those little details that just kind of mm-hmm. undercuts the stupidity of this movie. You know, but, I mean, Lady X, I mean, her sexuality was just all over this movie. That was the main, that was the main character, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. She was the main villainess. I mean, she was even the uh, one piloting uh, Mr. Clipboard. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck, people? But, I mean, yeah, it made for this really uncomfortable love triangle that just really shouldn't have been in the movie, I think. I think they are just trying to fill in space. Yeah, there's a lot of filler in this movie, and yeah, you could definitely tell that the more fetishy sexual scenes, they were kind of that filler. They were there to pad the movie out. Overall, as far as the tech- the technical aspects and the story and everything, like... First of all, let's start with the technical aspects. The sound mixing in this movie is just, just as bad as the animation. Just as bad as it, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. I mean, I heard, Very I heard low budget PlayStation One, worse. Yeah, I mean, there was better. Yeah, there was better audio mm-hmm. and better visuals on PlayStation One and PlayStation Two games. We were just talking about yeah. that earlier. I mean, like there were times where I heard like some of the characters were obviously recorded in a different. In a different place than other characters were. You Not know? in the same room, like interacting, really? Yeah, they weren't interacting. You mm-hmm. could tell that a lot of them were recorded at different studios of different quality. Just put yeah. together. It's like, where's the acting? Are you just reading this? You know? Yeah, one's looking yeah. towards the sky and the yeah. other one's looking towards the sky the other way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so ridiculous. It makes very little sense at all. You know, it's like who who fucking mixed this shit. I mean, I'm an audio engineer myself. I mean, I'm always listening for stuff like that. More like a gaming kind of yeah setup. Yeah, in a way, it's more like gaming kind of sorta. But I mean, there was just no excuse for the quality of that or the animation itself, which is like just subpar. (laughs) I mean, I've seen worse. But, I mean, even compared to some of the stuff you see from, like, Illumination, you know, your seeing, your, mm-hmm. you know, your Despicable Me's and everything, I mean... The that, details are basic. Yeah, that, that that wasn't even close to that. Their arms would move the same way for each character at the same time. Yeah, that, that was because they switched over to from uh, just straight CGI animation to doing this weird motion capture mm-hmm. thing. And it was not particularly well done. I mean, it's like my god were y'all using like a connect or something like that an xbox <laughs> Kinect to film this shit Jesus, i mean that's you know that's notorious for its wonkiness you know but i mean that was uh, done when motion capture hadn't been perfected yet i mean it it's was a... bold to kind of take that mm-hmm. approach but it still just didn't work out it was too i think they would have did better with a picture book yeah they would have done <laughs> way better with a picture book i mean seriously and then, I mean, the story itself, I, I don't know, like I said, it's Casablanca essentially, with just some Indiana Jones, some extra and... rewrites, a little bit of Indiana Jones thrown in there. Hmm. You know, I, I guess that comes in whenever they go into the supermarket during the daytime or something <laughs> like that, <laughs> which still, they never really explain how that works ever. Nothing is explained in this in, in this movie, you know, It's like where, where do the characters in Food Fight fit into God's plan? Where where do they fit into God's plan, guys? It's like I mean, you would think that God has some type of plan for them, right? Friger <laughs> keep them in the fridge. Keep keep them in the fridge. Yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, but Damn. I mean, shit. I mean, there's so many inconsistencies in the story, like, and, and also so many obvious things that are kind of telegraphed. Like, for instance, when Sunshine Goodness is kidnapped, it's like they couldn't have made that any more obvious. Oh yeah. Like I mean, when she but, was running off, I mean, it's they skip like skip to that whole scene. Yeah, when when they ran off, it's like we're not gonna ever see her again, are we? It's like no, nope, mm-hmm. we're we're not gonna see her till later in the movie, and then there were just the Casablanca elements which were just shoehorned in there, and honestly, I don't know any kid nowadays that's gonna know what the fuck mm-hmm. that is. You know, I don't even know what that is. I know I've seen it, but. Well, I, Cap- I change the channel. Casablanca, <laughs> Casablanca is kind of a very classic movie. Oh, yeah, you know, I, I it's, remember it. Black yeah, and I always yeah. change it. Old school black and white. You need to watch more black and white no, movies, I don't. dude. Yeah, you do. No, we you are going to have some guys, black, and white with black and white movies. <laughs> yeah, they're good movies, man. Like, seriously, I have primo black and white movies in my yeah. collection. No. But, yeah, I mean. Well, Twilight or uh, Hitchcock is what I used to watch a lot of. Uh, Hitchcock? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, Hitchcock is great, Hitchcock, man. Hitchcock, Master or something? Yeah. Alfred Hitchcock, Oh yeah, rear window, fucking mm-hmm. psycho. There's a lot of his rear black and white. Yeah. Oh, we'll be talking about that pretty soon, mm-hmm. you know. I mean this right here, this is just get this out of the way, you oh, know, yeah. just uh This is definitely the last the way, time you know? we'll be talking about this one. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh we might reference <laughs> it. Spoiled it rotten, it spoiled food site. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the story is essentially Casablanca and then the whole Toy Story element doesn't even really work, like we mentioned. Like for instance, they don't really go into how the the world of the market changes from, uh, you know, from a supermarket to the city from day to night and back. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's that also that scene where Dex and Daredevil Dan they actually go out into the supermarket during the day. You know, and they never explain any of this. Yep, I figure it was just a kid watching. Yeah, I mean, but even so, to me, that's not an excuse. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, there's some really good and engaging children's programs. for the amount of money they spent on it. Yeah, I mean, look at the Lego movie. Oh, yeah. That, that movie is like The emoji superb. movie is better than that. Oh, man. <laughs> it really. honestly is a lot better than that. Oh, don't get me started on the emoji <laughs> movie. The emoji movie was at least competent compared yeah. to this. And that's not saying that the Emoji movie was an even bigger product placement than this movie, and which was all this movie was. It was just product placement. Mm-hmm. That's all there really all was, digital. Man. Yeah, it was all kinds of ridiculous, man. But yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this movie—it's bad by far. Thumbs down. Thumbs down all the way. Like, I mean, Robert, what on a scale of one to five, what would you give this? Uh, probably not even one. Not even a one. Probably like a half a one. Like, Seriously, like half a star mm-hmm. here. Half a star. Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. Yeah, thumbs down all the way. I would, I still find it somewhat entertaining, even for what it is. But I'm the kind of person that I can sit down and watch bad movies and get off on them, you know? Me too, me too. Like, like, seriously, like, my favorite movie is The Room, which is, you know, the king of bad movies. I mean, who doesn't love The Room? I mean, we all know it's a huge pile of shit, but it's just so hilarious and memorable that it stands on its own. And this movie's kind of like that. Mm Yeah. It definitely stands on its own. Yeah, it stands on its own in many, many, many different ways. So, yeah, I'd maybe give it, like, at least a two and a half, maybe. How about you, Joseph? I'd say about a one and a half. One, a and, a one a half. and a half. So I guess I'm being the charitable one here. Mm-hmm. So you're almost saying it's halfway good. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mr. Yeah. <laughs> halfway good. I would say it's halfway competent. That's about it. And barely even that. Yeah, i give it a thumbs down. Thumbs down all the way. Yeah, Siskel and Ebert. Siskel and Ebert, man. Oh man, I I don't even want to know what Siskel and Ebert would have given this. They ingredient. just walked out and didn't even score it. <laughs> they probably would have. And and you know, I mean, Ebert even reviewed uh, Freddy Got Fingered, and had oh, yeah. some pretty terrible things to say about that film. <laughs> you know. So I mean, I would have loved to have seen what Ebert or or Siskel or Roper <laughs> would have said about all of this. You know. Dex Dog Detective. I've already heard so much about you. I own gossip. My favorite kind. That scent. Something familiar. My secret ingredient. You like it? It's the main. Yo, baby! <laughs> Who's your sugar daddy? <laughs> Hands up. Hold your anchor! there be something dirty about this detergent. Knows is that any way to talk to a lady? You got something to say, Candy Arse? Yeah, Sutlick, You can kiss my additives! We're not leaving till this here wench tells us why her rep stomped me poor bag! Is it really my fault you have inferior packaging? Yeah, bro. You ain't exactly new and improved. Spots fire you. Well, <laughs> yeah, folks, that's Food Fight. That is our episode. Uh, we are now on Stitcher. By the way, We I just got the confirmation today we're going to be on Stitcher. We are on SoundCloud. We are on Podbean. You can also find us on Facebook and on Twitter. And soon we will have an iTunes feed, if not already. I'll just have to check and make sure. And find us on Patreon. We will have a an exclusive commentary track for this movie, Food Fight, on there at like the $5 level, starting. So if you want to maybe help us out a little bit and maybe check out a fun little full-length commentary track for this movie, Once again, this alleged movie, it's like, come and check us out. Uh, anything else, guys? Anything you want to add? That's it. Until next time, we got Halloween coming up. Halloween, yeah, that's right. We're going to take on John Carpenter's Halloween series. We're going to go ahead and uh, mainly focus on the first film, but we are going to kind of go through the whole series. I mean, it's it's got a lot of different uh, continuities to it. You know, it's had a few reboots and even has a couple of movies that doesn't even have anything to do with the series altogether. At least one. Yeah, it. one. Yeah, the third one. But until then, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we appreciate it uh, the intro track is a license free beat by Dark Sun and you can find him on Twitter at Dark Sun come in give us a uh, give us a good review give us a like give us a download and we will see you later Collateral Cinema out out guys Collateral Cinemas and L Company Production.